0: hello family hello friends this is helena kentz you're listening to chasing the truth and uniqueness podcast a podcast that is said to share love knowledge and teach us how to love our uniqueness by living a truthful life helping you to discover your strength by accepting your weaknesses Here is my testimony, I was born on January 27 in Kinshasa, in the urban area of Kasavubu, which is different from where I was living. My father and my mother met in the same urban area called Barumbu, that's where we were living. In the my my father family home I was born from a mother who had me when she was twenty years old and my father was forty given that I was the eldest I mean the oldest of my mother and my father so and then I, I had two brothers until my my mother gave birth to my sister. We, so I grew up until thirteen years old. I was the unique um, girl, daughter of my parents. My parents, um, we, I mean, we have a modest life. We have a life that shows no wealth. But when my father and my mother had to move, my parents had to move to where the urban area when they When I they gave birth to me in Kasavubu, we we lived there about like fifteen years old, fifteen years. So this area. The neighborhood is, you know, like a suburb. A suburb being really far from the the downtown. Some can call it city center. Life was not on the same level as those who lived outside of that area. Where we moved in Kassavu. It was a suburb. So meaning suburb for me, um, it's like... There were so many thieves in the area we will then the thief would break into houses downright at night while people were sleeping so it was scary we mostly didn't had a peaceful night me my parents we experienced that so thief would come in our door and they will try to break the door so to enter my father was strong and my mother was, was wise so they will start screaming shouting thieves thieves and people even in the middle of the night can be 2 a.m night so people will open the doors because we we had to leave. We've been living in a in a plot. I mean, in a, in a compound with uh, different um, renters, with different neighbors. So they they are not like a building apartment. It's a compound, and you facing your neighbor. You know, door to door, it can be side by side or just facing each other. So. And we had to share the same uh, bathroom toilets, so that's the kind of life and area that I I lived. So there was total insecurity at that time, and also there were, you know, you will heard about always that there there were witchcraft. In the area, so there were many people come from village and they had witchcraft and they will tell you they will sometimes tell you, "You see this this kid is witch. Don't play with with that kid." Well I lived in a plot, I mean the compound where I was living, they would talk about witchcraft. They would tell you these children have witchcraft, they are witch. They have the street, the avenue where I lived, there were witchcraft everywhere in the heavy houses. I mean, it seems like the children with whom I played with some had witchcraft. People would often tell you that you are playing with these children, they are which I played with all these children. And I remember once neighbors came to tell my mother why. She's letting me play with the witch children. So, seems like I wasn't listening. But it was not me. It was me liking to be around everybody. So, I was not pointing fingers. I was not really selecting. I was not looking what had, what what is been said about this person or not i was just being close to the person i feel like i just i feel like i just want to be with that person no matter how they are no matter how i what were they doing i was just there so you can imagine um, what kind of person i have been surrounded with so the fact here is that when I was doing after school I went since I was I was eight years old at the time when I came after when I came when I returned to school from school I'll get all these kids all these <laughs> friends because most of my friends most of them they won't play with them. I was the kind of like only girl we play with everyone but some of my friends I was hanging out they will just find me very strange why am I even talking with this kind of kids but I was just there with them so after school I would just drop my backpack I'll take my my notes and you know I would get in all these kids sitting down and saying or sometimes they will take a break and make it like um, I mean they will they will sit on so I'll make a board and I was sometimes uh, taking um, the the rest of chalks from my teacher my teacher and I was coming back home with a lot of charcoal white chalk on, uh, in my backpack so because I know I'm gonna teach those kids So we'll sit and I'll start teaching them. I played with these children. So sometimes I will teach them grammar, the dictation. Because those children had a very i mean a bad life they live in poverty they were not going to school they lack food and i didn't have the best life either however we didn't lack food for those times we didn't my father had a very good job in the ministry of environment, so those children will well, it will happen just sometimes they will stalk in people's house while they're eating. Yeah. They were standing in front of the doors in our door. It happens often <laughs> because I was their friend. My rich friends were coming so I can feed them. They were just standing there outside looking at me, you know, with the eyes like Can you pass me bread or rice? What you eating? And i was sneaking the food and serving my witch friends so i did it several times and there was this girl when she came she was new the urban area i mean the avenue she was the neighbor the house the the compound next to ours it had been said that this girl she's a witch and she she was dark skinned extremely dark to scare you but i often played with her her behavior was so bossy and she was rude and insolent, which gave all the reason to confirm that she was a witch i asked her once do you know how to read to write she didn't even speak french so There were a few of families in in the area who wish now their children played or hang out with those kind of children. They didn't have, you know, even sandals on their foot. They didn't have shoes. So she will wake up the morning and she start playing. And she will walk from the the beginning of the streets everywhere she will go on shoes with no shoes on her on her foot so that was the kind of um, I mean the personality the the habits the you know the identity how they they were identifying which 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 kid so my mom were, got angry one day because neighbors were all the time telling her, why are you letting you, your daughter play with this kind of... And she would say she doesn't listen and she would call me and she would get angry. What am I going to do with you? When I tell you, you must listen. I was going every in every house. I know that I have a friend to play with. I had mostly friends (laughs) in some, most of the, the compound stairs. People really know, they know me, they knew me. I was, I was known at that age, even to adults, younger people than me. I remember there was two younger sisters of my areas, I mean the avenue I was living they were in conflict with other sisters in the same compounds where we're living but then I was speaking to them I was talking to them so every time when they will pass in front of the compound they would stop and say hi to me they were in big conflict with those girls in the same compounds kind of like if they saw them standing in the front of the compound they can fight but then they would stop and say hi to me. So, like, my mom said, why do you talk with these girls? You know that they don't talk with the owner of these compounds. You must be careful. But sometimes I would cross the street and go to the houses. And the father was a pastor. But they had these kind of religions in our country um, that people call, like, kind of witchcraft also. So, their father was like that. So they were wearing like white, white, white uh, robe, you know, a dress and putting, you know, scarf in the head. That's how they were. So they were scary. People were really criticizing the religions, their father's professions, being a pastor. So nothing was compared with the really God what they're preaching so I was curious I was nine years old if I remember so I was going there very curious to see how I mean how they they father get people what they preach but I remember they really never let me allowed me to be part of that so I've never really saw exactly or heard what they saying what i only saw they were just you know dancing the kind of dance was very strange Was strange you know the gestures so i conclude that there is nothing nothing with the christianity god jesus christ there's more, nothing of that so i was going there i was talking to them and that's what the kind of life i grew up with um and in my family outside of my father and my mother the parent the family i mean the larger family they they were good the life was fine you know they they also couldn't lack foods so, there were many people like in my grandmother's houses. My grandmother's houses had many people in the house. So, sometimes when I was going there, we'll go there with my parents. You feel loved because there are many people. You see aunts, you see uncles, you see all the cousins, you're playing around. Sometimes you just spend holidays there in your grandmother's houses. So, you, you will feel, you will really feel loved. That was a different uh, part of experience that I I, I had. So when I'm coming back in my area, when we were living in Kasavubu, everything was different. So we're going to Barumbu, and coming back in Kasavubu, you know, people will see that, oh, she came from somewhere different. So all that happened, I was 9... Eight, nine, ten years old. And at ten years old, um, I started, I started, uh, I joined the Catechism as yes, I was a Catholic. And at that time, since I was eight, still eight years old. For some kids, eight years old, they may not remember many things, but I do remember mostly lot of things my mind was so bright and even though, actually i didn't speak french correctly i was studying in a good school i have um, a blog wordpress where i'm talking about this experience how my french was bad my speaking french was bad but my writing my reading was perfect and as I'm explaining to you about the area where I grew up the the most spoken language was Lingala which is known as the vernacular language in my country and when you're a kid you're speaking French so it shows that you come from a decent family and you're well educated but me, even in my house, my parents, my father, even thought being graduated from University of Canada. But still, I haven't spoke to me in French. So, And my mother didn't really finish her school. So the French was also difficult so i didn't know french correctly how to speak it i can speak but with many mistakes you know many many mistakes so around all the children's when even i was going to my grandmother's house where there were kids who spoke better french than i so it was kind of a humiliation when you speak french you know so it was like oh, oh what is she saying oh she doesn't know how to speak french so in my country when you don't speak french in that time i and i i know that still to it's still like this so you are they downgrade you you know you don't have value but i was reading so good that i was known my neighbors were coming to my mother and said wow how your daughter knows how to read so well like this so they sometimes will hang me in a newspaper I said read this read here read here then i would read correctly without making any mistakes and that is why i was also known as an intelligent girl people liked me then, as I was saying, I joined the Catechism at church at eight, nine years old. I wanted to be, I think that's the word, magerate. You know, um, the girls who dance at church, I joined it. I went to join where the youngers were were Sometimes getting to reuniting to talk about the, the activities of the church, I joined it. <laughs> so I was so young, but still joining, you know, younger activities. And at 11 years old, what happened is I've been taken to the United States. I didn't know that. Um, I would like you to, to read my blog on WordPress. When I'm talking about dream has come true. So the school when I where I went in Kinshasa uh, in my school was one of the really the the best school that time and I started learning English since my third grade and I loved it. I was I was the best. We were like 60 students in a class, but we were only like two or three, three best in English. And I was one of them. I love that language. So I was sometimes used with my other classmates to do conversation dialogue. So to help others to understand. So I was eloquent, fluent learning, that language and when I finish uh, my primary school we mostly get our certificate diploma the 2nd of July what happened is my father took me to take a photo pa- a passport photos to shoot you know and in that time uh when you go to take a picture that place everybody knows that you travel you're going outside of the country it's it's known I mean <laughs> everyone will see you coming in that place it was in 2001 but it still happens way before and it was like this that every person were coming to take a pictures. Passport pictures. They, it's known that they are traveling outside of Congo. Then, the day we should depict the photo for the passport, I think the same week, everything was very quick. I get baptized without even finishing my cat issues we don't even say goodbye because as i told you witchcraft was something that you don't miss with so everything you're doing like traveling leaving the country shouldn't be known by anyone otherwise people will block you know with with would, would not allow you to to travel the the witch so i was not allowed to say goodbye to my friends to the mother who teach I mean teach us the cat issues I was not allowed to do that everything was in a rush someone came and bred my hair and my hair was bred so bad and I went get baptized quickly and my my father took me directly going to to the airport and traveling with who? With my father's sisters, my aunts. Taking me to travel to the United States. My mother didn't come with me. So I didn't understand. I didn't know where I was going. And <laughs> the next day, arriving in a country. And they telling me, do you know where it is? So people were not really paying attention. I was 11 years old. I arrived there exactly if I can remember July 16. I arrived in the United States 2001. When I arrived there, wow, what a good atmosphere. Wow. People speaking English, I'm like, wow. But then I was like, oh yes. I was learning English in my country too, but they taught me English at school, but I just know how to say, good morning sir, good morning madam, my name is Helen, what is your name? I live in Kasavubu, my father is, my mother is, please, bye, thank you, I love you, that's all I knew, I've been taught, so that's all there was you know the kind of dialogue conversation some words that's all that I knew when I arrived there and listening wow is this the country they're speaking English so July it was still holiday right in United States so I have been told that I will go to English with English center So I can learn and practice to to improve my English. But it never happened. Because I was supposed to take care of my my cousin. She was a baby. When um, everybody's busy, everybody going out, I was supposed to take care of her. She was a baby to wash her. I mean to babysit her. And I was supposed to clean sometimes, uh, I mean, to do dishes, to clean the apartments. I was supposed to just be there permanently. Whenever they need me to ask me to do something, I was supposed to just be there. So, given that fact, I didn't have uh, the privilege to go to the English center to learn, to improve my English, to prepare me when the school is opening. So what is happening when the school opened? I started school. I was like a spectator looking left, right, and couldn't understand anything because I didn't understand anything. So I can write, only write, but whatever the teacher was saying, nothing. So it took me some time even to make friends i couldn't really speak english so when they someone speaks to me just to stop the person off talking to me they told me just say i don't speak english that's the only sentence i repeated like for like two months i don't speak english i don't speak english no i don't understand and when they ask me what is your name oh I'm, okay you know because the english the american english was so hard If someone is speaking to you, I cannot even understand if they asking me something that I can't really answer. What happened is. I've been taken. I mean, we we were going to church. I think the time I was there, we went to church like three times. Three times. And one day. I met. they make me meet the pastor so the pastor prayed for me and it's okay but I didn't know for what what was that I didn't know and when we came back I can remember exactly they said to me go and meet the pastor so it was the first week I think yes just uh, the first month when I came they took me there. So now, speaking that, I can say that maybe because they knew that I'm coming from Congo and from the area when they are rich, you know, rich crafts So they suddenly wanted to make sure that I am not a witch. So that's the environment, how things were going for me. Until then, I have been told exactly that I came there to be a help. I came there to be a help to babysit to help to clean to do the household. I was 11 years old and going there and then, and until 12 years old because I was born in January I arrived right there in July. 2001 so they celebrated I mean it was not a celebration They bought me a cake A birthday cake That we just ate We share a piece of cake It was something like that For my 12 years old So that was the time when They told me exactly that I came there to help And telling me that I didn't need you. So, the family that I was living in, the the person that I was living in with, told me that I didn't need you. I needed a, a older person, an adult. Then, when I spoke about it, they suggested that you come, but I couldn't expect anything from you i said she's a a kid is she really going to be able to achieve you know the household anything that i need here to babysit my daughter so i came there for that reason to be a help and i was 11 years old That exactly what happened so when the time arrived for me to leave misunderstanding starts rising um, tensions like anger frustration starts arising like from nowhere most of the time was oh Helen go and do the dishes, so I will call um, one of the the daughter cousin we live in. Said, hey, come help me. I mean, let's go. Even sometimes I don't even call. Immediately they know that Helen cannot do dishes herself, because we are different daughters in the house. I mean, we are some daughters in the house. So while she's doing dishes, I can wipes. But that day it started clearly. No. You sit here. She's going to do it herself. And it starts happening like this every day, and it's become violence, and it's become violence and rude, like mistreating. And one day, I had been kicked, you know, on my head. Like I'm telling you. I'm telling you to clean this wall. So I was about to clean the wall of the kitchen. And it's a praise that I wasn't doing it. Why? Because I was doing it. Why? So I've been kicked. You know, she hated me. And that day I said, "Mm -mm, I want to go back to my country. I want to go back to my parents that's what happens so there were conflict like this she said she want to go back then she might go back so um, a reunion on my name arise now she was a kid why should she uh why would you let her um i mean why would you accept or let her just um come to my place Or not, not really uh, take care of. I mean, don't focus on what you said. You know, there were people try to defend me, but then there were these sentence that have been said. That whoever wants to take her might take her in Kinshasa, where I took her, and that same person must do the same work. everything I did to bring her here in the United States everyone should take her from where she was and she told me that herself she said how oh, people are saying oh not let her come in Canada because family were everywhere. some of them were in Belgium some of them were in Canada so people asked to take me not to let me return in Congo but the person who has the authority decided that I have to go back. She can't take no more. That I stayed there. Whoever who wants me must take me there in Kinshasa. So there were reunion. There were meeting. Going my name. Deciding what to do. What to do. Until then at school, it happens that I lack the... I like this, you know, the the pleasure. I mean the joy because I was a joyful student. I was talking to everyone in school. I was known to my principals. Some teachers, one day a teacher took me from school to home. I usually take I usually to take bus. I used to take bus. But this madam took me towards my computer science teacher. She took me from school and dropped me home. I mean, it was kind of, yes, not so far, but wow, it was so kind from her. She said, oh, that's why you leave. I said, yes. And then I had the reading teacher who one day asked me, oh, where is your parents? I couldn't expect that. And I said, oh, my parents? Mm. I said what are you asking my parents aren't here I said where are parents I said in Congo and who do you live with uh, I said oh I live with my family too I said oh okay so I want to make a note and would you please give it to your family I said oh. but then instead of giving it to me because I was going to school with um with my cousin so he handed it to my cousin so I couldn't understand what was that behind that act? I don't know. So, something like that happened. So, because there were meetings under my name, so I have to go back. So, it was happening. I was going to school, but not happy anymore. Then, I think my teacher, I saw him the cafeteria, during the cafeteria, I saw them talking with my reading teacher and then looking at me. They were so focused on me. So, after then, I realized that they were seeing something change in my attitude. I was not happy. And most of the time, I was talking with friends. I was, while I'm eating, sometimes I don't eat. A friend is asking me, hey. We, I was in the table with friends. Like, sometimes I just don't want to eat. And I can take food. And a friend will ask, oh, you're not eating your pizza? Sometimes I was eating pizza because I love pizza. When I'm not eating it, I just take it and I'm not eating it. I said, oh, you're not eating it. Can I have? Then I said, yes, you can have. And I said, oh, yeah, nice. So he had like two pieces of pizza. So I was not like that anymore. So people are talking. I was all the time with friends. I had friends, you know, on my table. And um, I went to see, I think... It wasn't me, I think someone, it's my reading teacher, who asked me to go see the principals, if I remember. So I went to see him and uh, he said, Oh, how, how are you doing? I said, um, I remember I told him that my family wanted to put me back in the plane and return to Congo. He said, What? No, do you want to go back in Congo? I said, No, I don't want. I said, Then you're not going back in Congo. He said do you want me to do anything i said yes if you can talk to my family i said yes can i write a note i said uh yes uh maybe you can talk i said okay i will call i will ask one of your parents i'm irresponsible to come and then i will um i will write a note is said can you give this note to your uh, you're responsible to come to your parents there to come see me so he wrote a note asking one of my parents at home there to come when i mean parent tutor okay so to come meet him it never happened so the time i handed this paper it creates another conflict you see she's starting talking with the principals i think she's going to put us in troubles so there were many many things happen finally one day i was going i was getting ready i was in the bathroom wanted to go to school what happened is my aunts entered one of my aunt entered the bathroom said why are you going i felt a strange so she was sitting in the toilet seat and i said oh i'm going to school i said huh you're going to school but you said you wanted to go back in congo right then get ready because today you're going you're not going to school I said, what? So, the surprise. The worst is that going back, I left mostly everything. It's like I am going like I came with nothing. I tried to get uh, some things that can prove that I have been I mean that I came from United States I took my bag I remember I was uh I was buying books from my English teachers so I gave her money I was waiting for new books to come I was really buying books I had many books I was buying so I was one of the students in class was buying more books from her so I had this kind of paper where I need to to choose to encircle any items that I needed and she was going to get it for me I give money and she, she will bring it to school so I was thinking I said oh my books and they said oh forget about that just pack your stuff early in the morning I said but I'm going to school no 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 you're not going anywhere if you want go and kneel down ask for forgiveness to your other aunt. I went there, I kneeled down. I said, no, no, don't kneel. Don't kneel in front of me. I'm not God. I couldn't understand kneeling for what? What have I done? But I did. I said, ask for forgiveness. I asked I ask for forgiveness to my tutor if I did anything bad. That's where I was taken back and arriving the next I left there in May 31st 2002 and I arrived in Kinshasa April 1st and where, at the same in the same house where I told you we lived in in this compound with different doors in the Avenue in the urban area where we reach craft i came back there in the same house nothing changed but what i saw was wow where am i i'm like it was like hell i felt like woof. i came from heaven and i'm back in hell because you could see the difference i can i felt it i was 12 years old so my mind was so drained and my spirit was like oof they stopped me from from leaving something I was already leaving but it took me time to you know to to get um, like um, I mean to get really comfortable with the environment with school so finally Oh, I had I started living a new life, and it has ended just like this. I arrived there. My mother heard someone knocking. I came back with a friend of my aunt. I came back with the friend of my aunt knocking the door, and she said, "Come in." She was sitting down and watching TV. So me entering, she shouts. She said, what? What are you doing here? That was the most shocking because she didn't even know that I was coming back from US, seeing her daughter from USA and boom, just there. Wow. And she stopped crying. Again, I was 12 years old. She started crying. So the story of all this, me coming back, they start giving re- reason like, I'm, I must come back to be re-educated. I was not well-educated. They gave reasons like I was being friends with the, the enemies. Being given that I was not respectful. Being reasoned, though there were many, many reasons that gave been given on that reason for me coming back. And they even said that maybe I'm a witch. I'm a witch. They gave that reasons. So they took me to church. My mother took me to church. Every pastor said no. Your daughter is good. She's not a witch. She is really not a witch. God has allowed that to happen. Just let pray. She will go back. Then I came back. Being born in a decent family. Where everyone had uh, the ability i mean money to put me back in the plane and go back again but it's never happened so i start seeing first of all my reputation i mean what happened is my reputation the family was teared apart people were seeing me like a bad 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 daughter bad child that i did something very bad that Allow, i mean that really drug them to put me back in congo something like that may not happen if i'm not so such bad and so can you imagine so i was so reserved i was choleric angry i was not laughing anymore with people anything you can say to me that is a lie i will attack you i become so sensitive with li- with the lie and everyone will talk to me bad i will attack you i became like this i didn't like anyone to talk to me badly to treat me badly to mistreat me i didn't like that anymore And I started leaving um, rejection. You know, you will sit maybe in the family place. You know, people will really not want you to to be there because you're bad. Because they say you're bad. That's happened in my family. So can you imagine friends I've been in school with? So there were lies on the reason why I came back. The lies they were saying was like, oh no, I will come back. I will go back. I just came for a holiday. But people start questioning. Isn't still school there? School is still open in USA. It's April. I mean, it's April. In May. I'm sorry. I left there in third April 3rd. I arrived on 1st of May. So school, school was still going on. But then they say, no, I came back for... All the days, I would go back. I just came to see my parents. So people couldn't stand this lie anymore. they just seeing me the first month, May, I'm still there. June, I'm still there. July, September. I got admitted in a Catholic church, girls' Catholic church. Eh, school, I'm sorry. I, I was admitted in a Catholic girls' school. I was interned with uh, nuns for two months to refresh my my knowledge in French and I mean in uh, in French grammar, vocabulary, and mathematics. So to prepare me for the admission test school, which I kind of like succeeded, but I was I was like um, favored. Then that's where my new life began, my another life started. I started a new life there, going to school. And people, I mean, I had new friends. Friends, you know, school was like, you know, it's freshly, it was still fresh, you know. The accent was like, oh, you speak so good English, your accent. People knew, oh, yes. So, me speaking, I was not really the kind of girl... To speak anymore, I become so quiet that I'll come in the morning, the school finish, I will just go back, and we'll go back on foot because the school was kind of like twenty minutes. I was walking. Sometimes I walk. Sometimes if I have the money of taxi, I will go back. So people were also questioning: Is this the girl who came from who came back from USA? So, we are in Africa. You come from United States and you're living a life like. No, it's impossible. How can you live this kind of life? Oh, which family is she from? She doesn't. She's not coming back. I mean, she's not coming to school in a car. She's coming in a taxi and she's going back home on foot. So, what is this? So, that's the life i really lived that's the life that i lived so i began to i even uh, experienced the the kind of injustice you know in the family because as i told you the environment i was living my parents were simple modest life we had nothing to show that we have wealth even though i came from usa but people can see that there's nothing wealthy here you don't have car you're not living in a good house you have nothing nothing that's the kind of life i was living who oh, had hey, that kind of life so going back every day so then i start seeing my cousins who stay there start leaving the country they start going. Everyone start leaving. 13 years old, my mom gave birth to my my, my sister, as I told you. And things start changing, too. My mother started having, like, kind of attitude. I remember when she gave birth, she started, like, hating me. Showing, like, you see... Uh, you're not, the only, you know, you're not the only daughter anymore. Now I have another daughter. So she's also mistreating me. My own mother. She will insult me. Sometimes when she's asking you something to do. She's asking you to do a duty. She's asking so violently, arrogantly. In front of people, and people say, "Oh no, don't say that to her. Ah no, she's a, she's just a kid. Oh no, 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 don't say that to her. Oh no, this girl just get my nerve." But I wasn't even the kind of girl anymore to go hang out with many people. I just go quiet, and sometimes I just don't want to do anything. But in because I was there the girl but I, she would just ask me to do anything. But sometimes I don't I was like I would do it, but maybe I would not do it good. Then she'll start insulting me, shouting, and sometimes she won't slap me. So it's getting me back to the reason why I came back, what I experienced there. In Boston, in the United States, how what they told me, how I've been mistreated there, so and my mother started doing this, I escaped from that house, I went to live in my grandmother's house, my grandmother's house, and there, going to school, which is was near experienced something else too you I was like 15 years old, you don't have any money pockets, but you're there, you just need to ask, and sometimes I won't have it, I won't have nothing, I will wait there, I will sit, she finished to cook, I eat what she has to offer, she can give me like $1 for school, that time, I mean, it was like fifty cents, according to our money, so that's exactly how the things goes, and living there with the grandmother, you don't f- I have never heard like my parents calling me to come back. Oh, aren't you coming? Are you coming to see us? Are you coming back? No. So I was like, yeah. So I became an humiliation for my parents. That you see, you had a daughter you sent in the United States and she came back. So what are you going to tell to people? You see, so I was like, nothing. I was an humiliation. Something that brought humiliation to my family, my parents. But I loved school. I was going to school. But at the same time, going to school... Things was a kind of also different. I was not that same girl before I traveled who was very smart. I wasn't that like that anymore. Teacher will, of course, see that yes, I'm smart, but on papers, um, it was my, my, my mind was so drained. I was not that same smart girl anymore. Well, this is the the second part of my testimony. I'm gonna end this part here and I will finish the, the the whole testimony on the third part. Thank you. That was your sister Helena Kins from Chasing the Truth and Uniqueness Podcast.